0: I'd like to welcome the tape program to Surfaces here and rock him out. It's uh, been a while, been uh, three or four weeks since I've uh, sort of been taking it easy here, so uh, uh, it's good to be back in the saddle, I guess. (laughs) 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 Several, uh, it was my second feast at, uh, we had it at uh, Panama City Beach, Florida. It was a beautiful place, uh, the... The condo overlooked the Gulf of Mexico, the bluish-green color of water, sand was like the color of salt, it squeaked squeak when you'd walk through it, you know, as you walked through it, it sort of an unusual experience, but it was an absolutely gorgeous, beautiful place, and, and you know, when you're in a beautiful place, obviously you feel closer to God, at least I do, and, uh, but it was at a time of my life, I don't want to say, it was my second feast, so uh, I hadn't been in the church that long, since baptism. I don't want to say it was a bad time in my life, but it was a time when I was uh, struggling with certain issues. I needed answers from God. I needed solutions. I needed, uh, you know, inner things I was struggling with, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I needed answers in my personal life. And in this beautiful condo, there was a plaque on the wall that had this scripture in Isaiah 40 and verse 31, it says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And that uh, scripture has sort of become a favorite scripture of mine. It was, it, was, it was very fitting to see that on the wall in that room at that time. And uh, because we all know that character is something that, just because you're baptized, you don't just walk away having, you know, a complete man or anything like it, or a complete woman. There's character building from the day of baptism forward. And there is a waiting on the Lord, to, uh, a trusting in God that he will, even though you don't see certain things in your life accomplished yet, you're not there yet, uh, you haven't overcome certain things yet, there's a, you know, a, a trusting in God, a waiting upon the Lord that he will, uh, that you will be able to mount up with wings as an eagle, that you'll run and not be weary, that you'll walk and not faint. So it's comforting to, to, to hear that scripture and to know that. But there's another another side of the coin that I want to talk about today on waiting on the Lord. And it is a conundrum. It's a puzzle to be solved. And I I think it's a critical issue uh, in this area, the other side of the coin. And that is that our waiting on the Lord may be, or in reality, is really the process of God waiting on us to get into a position so that He can bless us, so that he can answer our prayers, so that he can give us the solution to our problems, so that he can intervene. So you think of this, this imagery, well, Lord, I'm, I'm waiting on you. And yet, what you realize is that you know, as, you, as you get older, your waiting time is running out to wait upon the Lord. And that maybe a reflection here uh, of, this, uh, of this reality is, is all of our waiting on the Lord is really the process of God waiting on us to get into a position that he wants us to be in. You know, it's sort of like uh, the Monopoly game that you play, and, and uh, sometimes you're on a roll, and it seems like you are in the right position. You're, you're, right, you know, you're taking everybody's money. You're buying up you know, condos, real estate, everything. you got a lot of money on the table. And all of a sudden, you're in the right position. You're on a roll. And all of a sudden, you, you land on something that sends you back to jail. And life continues on. Everybody else continues to play. But sometimes we end up in jail. We end up in our self-inflicted prison. And God is sort of up there, maybe with his arms crossed, and saying, you know, I'm, I'm waiting on you to get out of jail and to get right, right back into the right position that I want you to be in. God spends a lot of time waiting on man to get into position. I think that's a true statement. A lot of time. And God is patient. And he spends a lot of time waiting on us to get into the right position. Now, let's turn to Genesis 2 and verse 4. This is a, a scripture that is uh, easy to overlook the meaning of this, or at least the meaning as it applies to this sermon. But there is so much in these two verses, verses 4 and 5. Genesis 2 and verse 4 and 5. It mm-hmm. says, These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, for there was no man to till the ground. Now, these two little scriptures here tells us something that's very critical to understand. And that is, things must be in place before God will act. In other words, there had been a mist up until this point that came up from the ground that watered the earth. But up until this point, there had not been a downpouring of God's blessing, of rain from heaven. And what's the reason for that? Well, there wasn't a man to till the ground yet. I mean, why should God send a downpouring of rain on your garden if you're not going to pick the fruit and the vegetables? Why should God send rain on your lawn if you're not going to mow it? Or if there is no man there to mow it. Why should God send rain on your flower garden if you're not going to weed it and take care of it? If there's not a person there to take care of it. So, it's, so what, what this tells us is, is that things must be in place, in a position, before God will act. There are some things that God has planned to do with you. He has made provision for doing in your life and desires to do through you that he will not do until man is in the right position. So, you know, our prayer life should be, more often our prayer life should be, well, God, what is it that you want to do in my life, but are not able to do, not because of somebody else? I mean, it's easy to blame other people or other circumstances. What is it that you want to do in my life, not because of somebody else, but because of me? And am I in the absence of that right position? Now, if you apply this to men, I mean, maybe this applies to women, too, but men are famous for doing this. If you gave us men a road map to the right position that God wants you to be in, you know, you, you, know, you go on this road and you here's the right position that, that God wants you to be in. You know, men, if we get lost, we wouldn't ask for direction. You know, we, we'd ride around lost all day. Never ask anybody for directions. Um... Uh, have you ever had the experience of, of thinking, I've been there before. You're riding down the road, and you think, man, I, I've been there before. You know, I'm not sure that's a good thing or not. I think God's trying to tell us something there. You know, you're riding down the road, you know, and you think, hey, I've been there. I've done that before. And then two years later, well, I've been here before. I've done that before. And you're going down another two years later, well, I, I think I've been here before. You know, maybe God's trying to tell you something, that your life is on a treadmill. It's getting old, you know. You, you've been there. You've done that. Um, I, I sometimes... And this is weird. I think about weird things. Sometimes I'm riding down the road. I drive a lot in my truck, and sometimes I'm thinking, I wonder if I'm really driving. <laughs> you know, maybe life is like a video game where the road is just moving underneath your, your wheels and, and each side of the view is going by, and I'm really not driving. You know, it's just, it's all, you know, just, it's weird. I mean, you no, know, but you're not getting anywhere, you know. It's, it's, but we spend, you know, it's the nowhere zone. We can spend a lot of time in the, what I call the nowhere zone. And we know inside, deep down inside, we know something is lacking, something is missing. We, we know that there, there's a lack there. We're in that nowhere zone. There was a song by the Beatles entitled Nowhere Man. <laughs> he's a real nowhere man living in his nowhere land, making all his nowhere plans with nobody. Doesn't have a point of view, knows not where he's going to. And it's sad. The psalm is sad in light of this reality. And the reality is this. There are some things that God has planned to do. He has made provision for doing and desires to do that he will not do until man is in the right position. The blessing is there in God's safekeeping. The need is there. And sometimes we often overlook the need that maybe God has. And we look at other Christians and we think, well, they're doing a great work. But think about it. Is there not a need that God has for the body of Christ, something He wants you to do? I mean, surely it's something out there in the area of outreach or witness and warning. I mean, there is a need that that God has to do, I think, through, through all of us. There's something there that He has, no doubt about it. And yet Jesus is waiting patiently. There's a book I've been reading by T.D. Jakes uh, entitled, So You Call Yourself a Man. I'd like to quote something here. I'll quote something twice here from him. He says, there are some things that God has in the heavenlies that will not be released until you are in the proper position, spiritually, relationally, emotionally. Or oh, you may be experiencing a myth. And I think we do from time, you know, we experience this myth, you know. And it's okay, but it's not good enough. We need the, the downpouring. You may be experiencing a miss, but in your spirit, you have a restlessness that there must be something more. You have an inner knowing that you aren't fully where you ought to be. You have an uneasiness, a frustration that causes you to say, why am I no further than this in my life? Now, the question is, how? How do you find your right position? You know, it's like a story I heard where a guy, it was a speech class, and the guy got up there and he... He gave this it was just a little five-minute speech, but everybody was enthused and ready to do something. They were excited about excited about what he had said. And the speech instructor got up, didn't say a word, walked to the blackboard, and, and wrote H O W question mark How? How do we do what you just said? And answering that question is more difficult. How do we find our right position? But I have three points here that I want to give you today on finding your position, the right position that we need to be in. First one is Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. Let's turn there. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. I got my marks here, so very quick. <laughs> and I'm waiting on you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. Now keep your place there, we'll come back there. But uh, my point I want to make here is there there is no way to find this position that God wants you to be in unless you trust Him. Unless you really trust Him. You know, it says that. They are plans for peace and not disaster plans to give you a future filled with hope One of the reasons we spend so much time in that nowhere zone is because we we really sometimes don't trust God that he has our best interests here You know we, we don't know for sure. You know, especially if you're struggling struggling with something in your life That's when you question. Does God really have my best interest? You know the, the scripture will talk, talk about the law is a lamp to my feet. And someone once illustrated that the, that the law is like a, like a lantern that you'd carry, you walk along. And on this path, you can only see a few feet in front of you. You can't see way down the end of the path. What we would like to see, we'd like to have a spotlight where we can shine at. Uh, actually, I was in Sam's just recently and, and they should never put these things out where you can reach them. You know, they're a, some, for someone like me, but it's a spotlight, a rechargeable spotlight. And I got it clicking on it and I was shining. I mean, this thing was powerful. It's blinding people. You know, it's not this kid. But I would shine it and crawl it up at the ceiling, and it'd go all the way across to the other end of Sam's, and you could see the dust webs up there. I mean, this thing, this was amazing uh, spotlight. I got to go back and get one. It's only nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. <laughs> but uh, it, and I thought, you know, that, that's what we want to see with, down this trail. We want to see the but. What I'm saying is the end of that tr- if you had that spotlight this is what you'd see I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord they are plans for peace and not disaster plans to give you a future filled with hope that's what you'd see if you had that spotlight you would see something wonderful but it takes faith to believe that to believe that that's, that's what God has so the first one is Jeremiah uh, the, the scripture we just quoted here Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 God has you must trust him in order to get into the right position without that trust you will never find the right position the second point is Jeremiah 29 and just drop on down to verse 12 and 13 then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me when you shall shall search for me with all your heart with all your heart that's the second point now you would think this would be simple Okay, search with God with all my heart. It's not simple. It's not simple for a reason. There are so many distractions out there that keep us from doing this. So many distractions that keep us from finding our rightful position that God wants us to be in. Turn back, to if you went to Deuteronomy 4 and verse 26. I want to point out something here that I think is worth pointing out. Deuteronomy uh, 4 and verse 26 Says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day now. This is instructions here. If you don't listen to me If you don't obey my voice my commandments my laws my statutes. This is what's going to happen Do you know verse 26? I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day That you shall soon utterly perish from off the land where you go over Jordan to pass to possess it You shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed and the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and you shall be left few in numbers among the heathen, whether the Lord shall lead you, and there you shall serve gods, small letter G, the works of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. Now, the distractions are right here, the small letter, the small gods in our lives, and it's amazing. I was working, I got home a few days ago, and. And, you know, this new time, it, it kills me. You know, you get home, it's 3 o'clock, and I think, I've got two hours to do what I want to do here around the house. And that's all I got. It's going to be dark after that. So I got working and cleaning the deck and the, the porch, the slate. It was all dirty. And, man, I was getting madder by the minute, because I was running out of time, getting dark. I was frustrated. I started throwing things around, uh, <laughs> tearing up things. And, and man, I said, boy. And I look back on this scripture now, hindsight 2020. And I thought to myself, you know, this slate and deck that I was working on, it can't see, it can't hear, and it can't smell. But I was treating it like it could hear and see and smell. I mean, I was treating it like a god. I mean, it's is critical that I get this deck clean. Now, never mind that two days later the dog is going to mess it up again. They're going to walk all over and get it dirty. But it was a frenzied effort to get this done. Th- I've got to get this done. And why? What was the reason? I can't figure out the reason why. I had no It was just a small God in my life. So these are the distractions. But verse 29 says, But if from thence you shall seek the Lord thy God, you shall find him, if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And like I said, you think it would be simple, but it's not because of all the distractions. Third point, we won't even turn to a scripture for this, but do what you know is right to get into that right position. The person who struggles with finding the right position that God wants him to be in has a common thread, a common denominator, and that is there are things he knows are right or she knows are right, but he's not doing them. He's not holding up his end of the deal. That, that's the common... With, with anybody that's searching for that position, you know, Lord, I just want to find that right position. There are things in your life that you know to be right Answers are you're not doing them. You're not, you know, and that, that, that's, that's common there. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that keeps us from finding that right position. And I can't tell you what will motivate you to do the right thing. It is something you must trust God's Holy Spirit to lead you to and lead me to. Now, that's three simple points. Now, I think there are basically two categories of people here. There are people... Who are not in that right position and obviously if you if you haven't been baptized you haven't accepted Christ as your personal Savior I mean that that's one of the key areas to being in the right position but the the second category of people and I think this is the one we fit into are people who are in the right position but they don't know it and that's the area I found myself in for a long period of time and if you don't know you're in that right position a lot of blessings are going to be denied to you. It's almost as bad as not, know- as, as not being in that right position. Living in that nowhere zone without any expectations. What kind of expectations do you have about what God's going to do in your life? We should have some great expectations. And uh, we really should. Turn, if you would, to Matthew 3 and verse 13 on a scripture about being in the right position. Matthew 3. In verse 13. Then comes Jesus from Galilee to Jordan and, and John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, Well, I have need to be baptized of you, and you're coming to me. And Jesus answered and said, Well, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and, lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him and lo, a voice from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased you know when you get into the right position this is what you can expect to hear this is my child and i am well pleased for christ he was in the exact position God wanted him to be in this baptism that he was partaking of was symbolic of his own death and resurrection and that would occur three and a half years later Jesus was exactly where God wanted him to be doing precisely what God wanted him to do he was in the right position I want to quote again from this book I've been reading and this is uh, listen to these words here This is powerful. Listen up. Don't expect God to speak up for you or cause others to see you for who you really are until you are willing to step into the place God has called you to be. Don't expect God to speak up for you or cause others to see you for who you truly are. And is that not what we want? We want others to see us for who we really are. He says, don't expect that until you are willing to step into the place God has called you to be. When you step into that place where you are supposed to be, you don't have to speak up for yourself, fight for yourself, or demand anything of others. God will speak for you. He'll command whatever forces are involved to yield to you, give to you, honor you, listen to you, obey you. Don't expect God to open up the heavens and pour out His spirit of power, truth, and wisdom, and righteousness onto your life unless you are where you are supposed to be. When you step into that place God has destined for you, you won't have to take on your own battles, grope about for the right decision, or wonder if something is right or wrong. God will give you every ability you need. to put into your path what you need to have. And you won't have any doubt. That it's God who is providing for you and working in you. You know, I read that and I think, great, that is powerful. I've been living in the nowhere zone. You know, the nowhere man. I've been living in this state and look at what I'm missing if I simply get into the right position. Now, the solution is very simple. Here it is. Go only where God calls you to go, and once there, do only what God calls you to do.